Welcome back to the energetics of everything, your favorite place to learn about all things wealth, health, and personal development from an energetic perspective. If you are someone who is in pursuit of both being the best version of yourself and creating a wildly impactful life, then this is the place for you. Throughout this podcast, you will learn how to use my hindsight as your foresight as you identify your purpose, optimize your behavior patterns, and create a ripple effect of positive change that your soul knows you're capable of. My name is Eden Carpenter, and I am so excited to be a part of your personal growth today. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the energetics of everything. I have a really exciting conversation planned for us today. I've been studying rapid resolution therapy, RRT, and RRT is a modality that blends clinical hypnosis with neuro-linguistic programming to create really incredible results. It's very powerful for clearing stuck emotions that are holding you back. It's almost like clearing traumas and really letting go of big things that are holding you back. And I'm kind of obsessed with it, but it talks a lot about emotions and it's a very different perspective on emotions. And I am somebody who has been studying emotionality for over a decade at this point. And that is crazy to say. I have been studying emotions since I was a competitive athlete. You may not know this about me, but I was a competitive gymnast for about nine years and I competed at a national level. I trained twice a day for several years, morning and evenings. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we had an additional morning practice. I was homeschooled. We traveled as a team. It was a whole world of being a competitive athlete. And while I was in that world, I came up against this issue where I was really good when there was no pressure, when no one was really paying attention, when we were just in the middle of practice, we were kind of lost in the flow. We're all just taking turns, practicing our routines on repeat. I would nail them over and over and over again, like perfect routines every single time I could get them like 20 in a row. And then we would go to a competition and I would fall on things that I'd literally never fallen on things that were extremely elemental. I remember one time I fell on my beam mount. I was literally just like jumping up off of a springboard onto the beam. That was literally my mount. And I fell, the board was a little bit too far back and I caught the end of the beam and slid down on my knee and face planted, jumping onto the beam, literally done this hundreds of times in my life, probably thousands. And I skinned my knee in the beginning of this competition. First event, it was great. This was a reoccurring pattern for me where I would do great in practice and then I would fall in something really dumb in competition. That led me to studying mindset and that specifically led me to studying performing under pressure. When I was reading about performing under pressure, emotional regulation was such a major skill that a lot of high-performing athletes talked about as being important. And you think about in basketball games or sports like that, there's a lot of hazing. There's a lot of talk, right? Especially if you're on the field with a team, there's some 
dishing out, you're talking shit about each other. You're talking bad about each other. You're trying to get into their head. A lot of basketball athletes and NFL players and competitive swimmers, Olympians, a lot of them talk about how you have to have this emotional neutrality when you're in the zone in order to perform under that pressure. I've been studying emotions for a really long time. I've been learning about human design for the last several years. And so my current perspective around emotions is very much rooted in human design. That is the primary framework that I reference when I'm helping people with their emotions is like, okay, what does your emotional center look like? What's defined? What's undefined? What are going to be the main triggers for you? And I've really been able to see emotionality through that lens for a while, but because I'm learning a new perspective on emotionality through rapid resolution therapy, what's happening is I'm starting to see my perspective on human design and emotions be challenged with this new perspective. Since I have a defined Ajna, specifically, I have the 17 to 62 channel, which is all around opinions. It's all around perspectives. It's very logical. It's time for me to kind of broaden my perspective and almost define what I believe to be true based off of how I'm integrating this new modality and perspective. So this episode is really going to be me figuring out and talking out for the first time my perspective on emotions and what's resonated with me from all of these different modalities that I have studied. The first place that I want to start with is the emotional center in human design. And I want to talk about emotionality through a human design perspective, and then we'll talk about what I've learned from RRT and how I'm blending the two, how I'm seeing the two. So in human design, nobody is designed to make emotionally charged decisions, No one is designed to make emotionally charged decisions. If you have a defined emotional center, you're an emotional authority. The advice is wait until you have clarity, wait through the emotionality. You have to wait until you're emotionally neutral to have access to that intuition, to have access to that logic, to have access to your higher thinking, and then you will be able to make the decision. So it says, wait until you're no longer emotional in order to decide to make the decision Wait a couple of days until you're not feeling all of the things. When you are undefined emotionally, your emotional center will play into your non-self themes. The decisions that you make can sometimes be based off of, I want to feel a certain way, or I don't want to feel a certain way. So I'm going to do this because I think that if I do this, I won't feel like that. This is where we get people who might avoid confrontation. You don't want to have a certain conversation because you're afraid that it is going to make you feel a certain way. And so you avoid doing what you know you need to do because you have this fear around the emotions that you're going to experience. It can also be you are only doing something because you think that the results will make you feel a certain way. In that perspective, what's happening is you are searching for emotions. And so you're going to launch a big program to hopefully feel really, really good about the results that happen, or you're trying to hit a six-figure month because you feel like if you do hit a six-figure month, then you'll just feel really good. Whatever it is, whatever it's related to, you're trying to search for some sort of emotionality. But either way, if you have an undefined emotional center, you are designed to make decisions from your inner authority, whether that's your sacral or your spleen or your identity center, if you're a mental projector, it is. You're not designed to make emotionally charged decisions either. It's just so fascinating of what 
what does that mean? If no one's designed to make emotionally charged decisions, it sent me and my undefined head sire into a whole spiral of like, what could this possibly mean? How does this information fit together? What, 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 (laughs) what's happening? That is human design perspective is no one is designed to make emotionally charged decisions. And if you have an emotional authority, you will consistently have emotional responses, and then you can let those emotions settle before you move on to the future, before you make the decision, take the action, do the things. And then if you're undefined emotionally, you have to let go of the feelings that you're feeling. And again, tune into that intuition and make a decision based off of what is correct for you in this next step. So no one's designed to make emotionally charged decisions. Let's talk about the rapid resolution therapy perspective on emotions. This is kind of a different perspective, but I really, I really love it. I've really enjoyed learning about this. So rapid resolution therapy says that emotions are not generated from the body, but they are generated from the mind. This brings me back immediately to when I was learning NLP And in NLP, what happens is they have this thing called the experience cycle. I remember this image from forever ago, but there's four steps in this experience cycle. The first thing that happens is we have an experience. We've got results from an experience. Let's use my gymnastics self as an example, since we've referenced her a little bit. Let's say that my self as a gymnast falls, okay? She falls on a scale She's working on a release skill. She doesn't catch the bar. That's the result that happened. She missed the bar. The thoughts that are going to pop up next, because it's results, and then we have thoughts about the event. Our mind starts to sort information. And this is really our nervous system is taking in the sensations around us. We have these sensory neurons that are taking in sights. They are taking in sounds. They are taking in feelings. They are taking in the sensations that we have in our physical limbs. They're taking in all of this information and it's organizing it. It's sorting it. It's dealing with, do I have to respond to this? Is this important? Is this not important? It's looking for threats. It's scanning that information and organizing it in a way that's going to make sense of what just happened. So let's say I fall, I miss the bar. Boom. I'm on my stomach. I'm on the ground. There's thoughts that are in my head. First thought, oh, I missed the bar. That's me rationalizing. And that's me understanding and mentally understanding the situation. Now the emotions are then going to be triggered based off of the thoughts. And I think that this is really important because the nervous system takes in information. It goes through that central nervous system and then it's responded to from a physiological standpoint, so to speak, emotions are chemicals being released in our body and in our nervous system. They are nervous system responses. I think about excitement and fear, right? Excitement and fear physiologically are very, very, very similar. When you're really excited about something, your breathing gets shallower. You start to breathe faster. Your heart rate goes up. Your blood vessels constrict in certain areas and dilate in other areas. All of that energy is being pushed into your muscles so that you can move. You can take action. You can do something, but fear is almost exactly the same. When you're fearful of something, there is this same response. It's still that same nervous system response. It's just that the thoughts and the mental perspective around the physical feeling that we're feeling is different. Emotions are not actually the sensations that we're feeling, but they are our mental perception of the feeling. They're created from our thoughts. So 
what I've been playing with, with kind of understanding rapid resolution therapy is I want to see where the emotion is coming from. Is the emotion coming from present reality, from the actual experience that just happened, or is it coming from a past experience? Because emotions are motivation. Our body is creating these emotions to give us energy, to give us fuel so that we can take more action. All sorts of emotions can be motivating. They just have a different response. Let's go with fear and excitement. When you are using fear as a motivating factor, it is fuel. It can definitely be fuel. However, the perception of labeling it as fear creates this negative nervous system response because it's putting you in fight or flight. If you were super excited about something and not fearful, it's still an excited response, but there's not this survival aspect that's rooted there. There's something different. (laughs) There's something different about fear and excitement, but physically they're the same thing. And it's just that perception. So rapid resolution therapy. Let's go back to this example. I've fallen. I have missed the bar. The situation and the context is really important, but rapid resolution therapy says that the environment and the situation does not create the emotion. The mind creates the emotion. So if I fall, let's say I miss the bar, the mind is going to be able to interpret that situation differently. I'm going to have a very different emotional reaction based off of my mental perception of the situation. So if I missed the bar and the mental perception of the situation is that that was the first time I ever attempted that skill all by myself without a spotter or maybe not over the foam pit, but over the real bars, like whatever it is, maybe that was the first time I ever threw the skill. For me, I could be really excited about the fact that I did it. I did the thing, even though I was a little bit scared, even though it was new for me, I pushed my boundaries and I was really excited that even though I missed the bar, I was successful in that moment. I could be really excited about that situation, but if I fall and the mental perception is I'm looking at my past, I'm looking at the history and my mental perception is saying, you've caught the bar before, you know how to do this. You shouldn't have missed the bar then my emotions are going to be different. As soon as I'm saying something happened and it shouldn't have happened, I'm going to get stuck because that shouldn't have happened energy is going to cause anger. That's going to cause resentment. I'm angry that it happened and I feel like it shouldn't have happened. I feel like it shouldn't have happened because I've done the skill before. I've caught the bar before. I have done it before and therefore I should be able to do it again and again and again and again. So my emotional reaction of anger, if I'm angry, if I'm resentful in that situation, that emotion is being caused by my brain. My brain is perceiving that fall as something out of the ordinary. And because I've caught the bar before, it is perceiving it as something that I could do and saying that I should have been able to do something better, but that is stuckness. The anger is being directed at something that's not actually happening anymore. I can't go back and change the fact that I missed the bar that time. I have to accept the fact like, oh, I fell. What do I want to do next? The emotions that I create, they may be in response to what just happened. However, I want to be emotionally clear in order to make the corrections for the next step. So 
when I would get resentful, when I would say that shouldn't have happened, I would get angry. I'd get angry at myself. I'd get angry at the bar for being so stupid, (laughs) for being so slippery, for whatever. I'd get angry at everything. And then when I would go again, because I had this anger in my body, I wasn't able to think logically. I wasn't able to think about the swing or my releasing time or spotting the bar. All that's going through my mind is I shouldn't have missed that one. I shouldn't have missed that one. And so my focus is no longer on take a deep breath here and kick up here and then swing here and spot this and release here, look for the bar, grab. It's not focused on the actual movements that I'm doing. I am preoccupied in my mind with this anger going through the story of today's a bad day. I can't catch the bar. I'm being so stupid. I should have caught that one. I don't know what went wrong. And that is going to be a distraction from me just doing what's necessary. The emotions can be a distraction because they pull your focus. And I think that that's a really beautiful connection between human design and rapid resolution therapy, because in rapid resolution therapy, we're saying that if I've fallen, but if I'm angry, like, oh, I shouldn't have fallen, then I'm going to be taking action from, and my actions are fueled by this anger. Anger is a great source of fuel. I've rage created things in the past. Absolutely. I know that if I'm super mad, I get in a really good workout. I burn a ton of calories because I'm just going and going and going. If I am angry, sometimes I get frustrated with, I've had 15 people ask me the same question and I feel like I explained it well. And so instead of saying they shouldn't have been asking me this question, I say, okay, I'm mad that people keep asking me this question. So I am going to answer it. I'm going to create something in response so that I have a resource that I can stop answering this question. But if I'm just angry of people shouldn't be asking me this question, people shouldn't be asking me this question. Why is everyone asking me this question? I'm not going to be aware enough to realize the reason why everyone is asking me that question is because there's an opportunity for me to create something new and answer that, make that information available outside of me without having to answer the question over and over and over again. In human design, we talk about how you're not designed to make emotionally charged decisions because when you're in that emotional energy, you're focused on the feeling, but you're not focused on your clarity, your truth, the intuition that's underneath that emotionality. And so I feel like that makes a lot of sense because thinking back, what happened in competition, when I fell on something that was not even a hard skill, a very, very, very basic skill that I had done thousands and thousands of times. There's this one competition in particular where I fell on something really stupid. And because I was so angry and I was in this energy of that shouldn't have happened, I got back up and then I fell again on something else that was stupid and shouldn't have happened. And I was so angry again that I got up again and I, again, third time in a row fell on a skill that I have never fallen on in my entire life because I was angry because I was like, that shouldn't have happened. I was distracted and I was so emotionally worked up that the results that I kept creating were not going to get better. So The conclusion is that when you're in that emotionally charged state, you're not focused on what's actually valuable and what's in front of you. What I wish that I had been able to do as that little competitive athlete, that little gymnast who fell on something really stupid was I really wish that I would have been able to laugh it off 
and get back up and be like, okay, that was weird. And then finish the routine. Absolutely perfect. Because in that perspective, I would have been able to prove to myself and everyone else that I have no idea what happened, but that fall was a fluke. It's not that I can't perform under pressure. It's that that fall was really weird and that was silly, but I recover really well. That is the ideal place that I would have been in. In the future, my goal is always to be able to experience the emotion that comes up and then respond with clarity, respond where I have access to my intelligence. So when we have these emotions, the anger is coming up. And I think the competition example is really powerful here because my little body, my little brain puts so much pressure on competitions. It puts so much importance on competitions. When I think of something important, when I get a piece of mail that says important, I am going to open it with a little bit of anxiety. I'm opening that letter like, ooh, I really hope this isn't like I missed some giant IRS payment or something happened with the paperwork for my company and it's not registered in the right state. I'm worried that it's going to be something big. I'm worried it's going to be something bad. I'm worried that I messed up and there's something that I'm going to have to change. It's going to cost me a lot of money. That is the initial reaction when I get a piece of mail that says important. When I labeled competitions as an important routine in my mind, my mind perceived it as important. My body said, Ooh, I'm going to give you extra motivation. Here you go. Here's some fear. Fear's really, really strong. Here's some anger. Anger is a really, really strong emotion because your body wants to give you the tools necessary. So your mind is saying, This is important to do. And your body's saying, Okay, I'm going to give you absolutely every resource I have to help you get that done. It's going to give you the anger. It's going to give you the fear. It's going to give you the resentment. It's going to bring up that memory of the past time that you fell and how mad you were. It's going to bring that up because it's a strong emotion. It's a strong memory. It's a strong experience. But here's what happens with emotions. Anger specifically sends all of that blood to your jaw. Anger makes your jaw really, really strong. It makes you able to bite absolutely anything. You could bite really hard when you're angry, but when the blood is in your jaw, when the blood is in your muscles, because you're in this fight or flight state, you're ready to run. You're ready to bite. You're ready to fight, but you're not ready to think. Imagine if in that moment, we're using this athlete again, she's just fallen in competition on something. She's super stressed. Everyone's watching her. She has to get back up. Imagine asking her a math question at that point. Like what is 25 times six minus 34? There is no way she's going to be able to answer that question quickly. She's going to have to like get herself out of the things that she is feeling before she's able to access that part of her brain because the blood is not there. The physical blood is not in her brain. It's focused on her muscles. It's focused on keeping her alive. It's focused on keeping her in a fight or flight state so that she can survive the next couple of minutes instead of what's 26 divided by 15. It's not asking those questions. It doesn't have the ability to make decisions like that. All you have access to is all of this extra motivation that's flooding your body. The thing is that when we have anger, this little angry gymnast who missed the bar, I can just see her in my head right now. And it's a fun little visual for me. I can see her missing that bar and I can see her feeling super frustrated and feeling super angry. But what I want her to have access to in that moment is her higher thinking. 
I want her to be able to remember those teeny tiny corrections that she's been working on. I want her to remember that feeling in her body and that sensation of self-trust and knowing that this is muscle memory and she doesn't have to overthink it. She doesn't have to force it. I want her to remember that she's in gymnastics because gymnastics is fun and it's playful and it's something that she gets to do on a daily basis. And this is just another routine. That's where I want her to be. Great. She's got all of this blood in her jaw. She could bite the heck out of that bar but she's not catching it with her teeth. She's not trying to bite the bar in half. She just wants to catch it with her hands. She just wants to fly through the air and feel good about that and stick the landing and then salute as everyone's cheering for her. That's what she wants. And that's the experience that she's trying to create, but that's not going to be created when all of that energy is in her jaw. This is where emotional intelligence gets to happen because if you are super excited and you're in this emotionally charged state, your body's giving you this extra motivation, but you don't need it. It's unnecessary. It's additional. It's extra, but it's not needed. And I think that that's something that human design was trying to connect with as well and to create as well. I think with defined emotional centers, in my experience, I do have big emotions that come up for a lot of things. And I do get to sort through that and come back to myself consistently. And I feel like people who have an undefined emotional center, it might be easier for them to maintain a state of neutrality. And then if something does come up, they process it instead of consistently processing feelings over and over again. I'm still kind of playing with what that means there and how I want to interpret that. And that's still going to be something that I piece together for myself. But anyways, these emotions. So it's super great that that little girl could bite the bar super, super hard, but that's not where the blood needed to be. It needed to be in her brain so that she's able to actually perform the way that she wants to perform. This is where we get to thank our body for the unnecessary motivation that little gymnast would still have thought that the routine was important and would still have thought that the competition was important without that extra motivation, without being angry at herself. She still was going to try her best on her next turn without being afraid of failing and messing up in front of competitions. She would still be trying to do her best in a competition without the guilt of, I just fell in front of hundreds of people. She still would have had the motivation to show up, do a good routine, perform really well, have fun, support her team, all of those things. It still would have been there. It still would have been important without the anger, the resentment, the fear, anything like that. So rapid resolution therapy is focused on clearing those emotions that are holding us back, the anger and the resentment that have built up over time. So I see this in business when you maybe have one launch that doesn't go well, and then you think, oh no, this next launch has to go well, but then you're about to prep for a new launch and you're fearful, you're anxious, you're super worried. You want to overextend yourself. You want to do more than is necessary. And then day one goes by and you don't get as many signups as you think you did. And it gets even worse. You get even more afraid. You're like, oh no, absolutely no one is going to sign up. Absolutely no one is going to sign up. This isn't working. It's a failure again. I can't believe this is happening again. All of that is just your body saying, hey, <laughs> This was important to us. You're feeling big things about this. You're thinking big things. So because you're focused on that and you're in here in your mind, I'm going to give you extra motivation to get it done. Because obviously this feels like life or death for you. So I'm going to give you some life or death emotions to play with and to work with, to have the fuel to do the thing. The thing is that you don't need all of that emotion. If your last launch failed, 
great, epic, amazing, whatever. You probably learned some lessons. You probably learned a couple of things. I hope that you did. But then this next one doesn't have to be a failure. This next one, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel bitterness. You don't have to feel any sort of negative emotion to fuel that action. It's more beneficial to be fueling that from pleasure, from alignment, from peace. Because when you're in a state of peace and pleasure, you have access to your higher thinking and your intuition. You have access to your power. Another thing that I want to say around emotionality is the introspection that happened. And we talked about how introspection is kind of keeping us stuck in a previous episode. But if you are a happy, healthy, super aligned individual, let's say something happens and you feel really good about it. Like, ooh, that was an amazing launch. You might go through and do some reflection around why was it amazing and where did this come from and what led up to this experience? There might be some reflection, but there's hardly ever, wow, I feel so happy. The reason that I feel so happy is because when I was 13, this thing happened with my parents. And that was the first time that I ever experienced this emotion. And that's why the situation means so much to me now is because of this thing in the past. Sometimes there might be that sentiment but it's not always there. But when it's a negative emotion, if you're feeling anger or something bad happens, all of a sudden you do pull on negative emotions. You do look at the things that happened in your childhood and how this pattern has played out over your life. And all of this introspection will again, keep you stuck instead of supporting you with just living your life. I feel like emotions make a lot of our decisions way more complicated than they actually are. I feel like as an emotional authority, I get really excited about things or I will feel like, oh my God, I don't know if this is fair. Can I actually take that much on? And so I have learned and I'm working with rapid resolution therapy to just fine tune my emotional process and wait through my emotionality. I feel the things I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm feeling the things. And that might be some extra motivation. It might not be, I don't necessarily need it, but I don't not need it. Maybe I do want to channel that emotionality into something. So I'm playing with it a little bit more in a different way. But then I feel like with undefined emotional centers, it might be easier to just focus on you are neutral and you can let go of the emotions. The emotions are coming to you as optional motivation, but they're not necessary motivation. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit at this point, (laughs) but let me recap and just share some of the reflections that I have had from this episode. So emotions are a really fascinating topic. I think there's a lot of different perspectives. I think that the quality of the emotion counts and it is really important based off of where you're sourcing these emotions from, where you're sourcing these motivations from, because things like anger and shame and guilt and fear, they trigger that nervous system response and they don't let you rest. They don't let you recover. And so if you're constantly holding on to, let's say, resentment or guilt, you're still going to feel that guilt when you're resting. You're still going to feel that guilt when you're taking time off, when you're not doing the thing that you should be doing. It's always there. Therefore, at that point, if you're feeling guilty, you're feeling guilty when you're doing the thing, when you're not doing the thing, when you're doing the thing right, when you're not doing the thing right all of the time. And that is when the emotion is interfering with your experience. That is when the emotion is pulling you away from the present moment. I think we overcomplicate a lot of the decisions that we make. I know I do for sure. And I will emotionally torture myself and go in this cycle of this is how I feel about it. And this is how I think this person's going to feel about it. And if this situation happens, this is how I'm going to feel in that situation. And I'm projecting my emotions and trying to process the feelings before I've actually 
actually had the experience, but I don't actually know what the experience is going to lead to. I don't know how I'm going to feel in that experience yet. So I think that it's really powerful to let go of emotions if they're coming from anything other than the present moment. If something happens and it's super exciting, yes, I'm going to be excited about it. Yes, I'm going to feel happy about it. Yes, I'm going to feel joy. I'm going to feel delight. I'm going to feel all of those happy emotions for sure. If something bad happens, I'm going to experience that a little bit too. I might feel the fear for a moment. I might let it process through me, but I'm going to be intentional around what motivations or what emotions I allow to motivate my actions because fear, anything that's going to keep you stuck, anything that's going to keep you in that fight or flight state constantly eventually is going to deteriorate your body. Eventually that's going to cause harm in short-term bursts. Yes. Anger is a great little motivator, anger and resentment and fear. All of those things can be short-term sources of motivation, but in the long-term because they're so relentless, because they don't let go, because they will pop up and remind you that you're angry, that you are frustrated, that you are guilty and you should be doing more. They will interfere with your ability to rest as well. And that's when it will become all consuming. I remember as a gymnast, there were certain skills that I would get stuck on. I would get stuck having an issue where I was able to do the skill perfectly for like a year. And then all of a sudden I could not do it anymore. When I was experiencing that, when I was having these little mental blocks, It ruined my whole life. I remember being at the fair. (laughs) I was at the fair on a Saturday. I was supposed to be having fun with my friends and family. And I was just stressed. I was like, what am I going to do when I get back to the gym on Monday? Am I going to be able to work through that emotion? Am I going to be able to get my blind change again? I was just anxious and worried. And I was not able to experience the fun, the joy, the play that was possible at the fair. I was stuck in my head. There was this psychic person there and she had these rods that you could hold on to. And she was like, I think about something. We'll see if it's stressing you out. And immediately the thing that I wanted to think about was that blind change that I was having difficulty with that pirouette, that turn on the bar that I was having difficulty with in gymnastics. And I thought about it for a second. I envisioned it and my heart rate jumped. She's like, whoa, you are super stressed, aren't you? What's wrong? You're a child. (laughs) You shouldn't be that stressed about something. But the resentment, the anger, the what am I going to do next? I don't want that to happen again. I can't believe that was holding me back. I can't believe that I fell on that again. I can't believe I'm having this problem. I shouldn't be having this problem. That stuckness, that mentality, those emotions that were generated from that perspective that I was looking through were ruining my life and interfering with everything in the process. So that's what I think that emotions are bad is when they are interfering with your ability to sleep, when they're interfering with your ability to live, when they're interfering with your ability to enjoy your life and be present in the moment. If something does pop up where you experience anger or somebody says something, that can also be an opportunity to create a boundary in the future. I'm seeing emotions as not necessarily good or bad, but I'm trying to make them very neutral. I have emotions pop up all the time. I don't think that rapid resolution therapy suggests that we don't ever feel anything because I think that that's 
unrealistic. I think we're going to have emotions. I think that sometimes when we are experiencing emotions, it's beneficial to take a step back and see where the emotion is coming from. If it's coming from the present situation and you are just responding, your nervous system is just taking in information about what just happened to you. That's fine. You can process those emotions. You can feel those things. But when you are using emotions from the past, like guilt or resentment or anger, or even fear, if you're kind of projecting something forward into the future, I'm afraid this thing is going to happen and I have to do everything in my power to avoid that happening. That's where I think that it's actually interfering with you a little bit. And it's interesting because I'm a fear motivation individual in human design. And so I'm really curious to start exploring this more to look at the motivations, right? What about the people who are motivated by guilt in human design? And is that healthy for them? Is that an aspect of human design that maybe we get to rewrite with RRT? Or is that maybe a perspective from RRT that could be blended a little bit into human design where we can use that guilt and we can use that fear as a positive motivating factor. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know all the answers. I'm just a girl on the internet (laughs) sharing my thoughts and feelings. I'm still curious. I still have a lot of questions and contemplation to do around emotions and around my perspective on emotions. But I feel like my life is constantly fine-tuning my perspective and understanding things at a deeper and deeper level. I'm not going to let my undefined head center get too spirally and not going to try and overthink everything. But I think that that's my perspective today for you on emotions and the human design world and rapid resolution therapy and all of the things. So I'm sure that I have some unfinished thoughts here. I'm sure that I have some bits of information that have sparked curiosity for you, or maybe you have an additional perspective, please reach out to me on Instagram and let me know. I would love to continue this conversation. I would love to hear your feedback. Give me things to respond to. Give me things to help me refine this perspective even further. That's what I have for you today on emotions and human design and all of the things. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you found something valuable in this perspective that I shared with you today. I'll talk to you soon. 